0: Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck, um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Harmerbet on the edge of the box, oh it's a straight up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Big
1: talk, big opinions, the panel. Panel this morning, and uh, I'm thrilled to be joined by uh, Ricky Schwinnell from Sky Sport fame, of course, uh, has been at uh, in Tokyo at the Olympics, but home now out of quarantine. I'm sure she's pretty happy about that. Jimmy Case, uh, of course, uh, is uh, a noted correspondent on a lot of things, and of course, is uh, uh, the producer of a number of shows at Sky uh, in particular as well, particularly focusing on rugby. Uh, Ricky, can I start with you, please, this morning? Good morning to you. Uh, how good is that damned Adams family, eh? Uh, You know, a a phenomenal... (laughs)
2: Unbelievable! I mean, genetically blessed, clearly, um, with with some of the attributes that you that you look for in athlete height, power, um, and all of that. But uh, but the dedication as well. And I just gosh, it was as well as marveling at how good Lisa Adams was. remembering she only took up the sport a, a few years back. If you're going to have a teacher, it helps to have um, your, your double Olympic gold medalist and however other many accolades sister as your coach. Um, but what a moment to see the two of them together um and what they have achieved as a pair and and i know dave valerie is very much about um you know this being lisa's success and lisa's achievement but um to have two sisters working together like that is incredibly special incredibly special for for the wider family as well
1: yeah ricky and that's an interesting point actually yeah um You know, sometimes when you have absolutely jam-packed Olympic stadiums full and and there's spectators all around the joint, those special moments can tend to get lost. But when there's no one else around, uh, you know, I don't know whether your TV cameras are, are able to get closer or whatever, but it just seems they're all the more special.
2: Yeah, for sure. And and look, in that stadium um, where the, the New Zealand support crew w- were sitting, um, where Dame Valerie was sitting, is very, very close to the shot put circle. It's it's as close as, as they c- it could be. And so it was nice just to see that clump of Kiwis. And, and that was a bit what it was like in Tokyo for the Olympics. You would spot these little clump of Kiwis who were always very loud. Um, but. I think you were probably the TV cameras are able just to to pick them out and hone in on that moment and and get in. And and almost, you you know, you see the the mouths and and being able to to lip read a bit what they were saying to each other and and, and to share that. Um, yeah And and also, I mean, mean, Dame Valerie has been away since June. She went over to the States to compete and then went to Mm. Tokyo, stayed on after her own competition to be there to coach her sister and now finally gets to come home to her family too. Uh, Enormous sacrifice. for for what she did, and to help her sister, but of course, yeah, Lisa, the the star of the show too, it was a great moment.
1: Any number of great New Zealand sports families, uh, Jimmy Kayser, you've seen a lot of them throughout rugby, etc, but I just wonder where for you the Adams family fits into the equation. Yeah, well, not many
0: families include an NBA champion and Olympic gold medalist uh, as well, do they? I mean, I've been sitting listening to Ricky and... And thinking of families, you know, I think the Turner family uh, is a wonderfully diverse family in terms of sport, but also uh, sort of art and culture. Um, obviously, there's families you know that we know well, like the Crows, the Whitelocks, the Meads. Um, these, these sorts of families, the, the Barretts, for even sake. Um, but yeah, this is this is really special, I think. And and as Ricky said, you know, having your big sister there and uh, that beautiful photo that we've seen uh, of them hugging afterwards. Uh, was pretty cool. So no, this, this family would have to rate as one of the most uh, unique and special families in, in, in New Zealand sport. I mean, they'd be up there, as I say, with, and also the Hadleys, uh, who you know pretty well, Smithy. Um, mm. We've had some yep. amazing families, haven't we? Uh, and, uh, and you know, you just have to say that the Adams family sit, sit right up alongside all of the top ones.
1: Jimmy, I know you're a very forward-thinking man. You uh, keep up with the times and uh, you've got a uh, very open mind when it comes to things. Cop this, though. Cop this. You know, you know, you know a lot about uh, rugby history uh, between New Zealand and Australia. Uh, Whitelock, yep. Smith, Moanga, Paisami, Salakai, Lotu, five five out of the probable starting 30 are uh, staying at home because their wives are having babies. That, now, this is, uh, this is life. This is modern life, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is modern life. Um, And it's good to see, isn't it? You know, uh, I think it would be slightly different if we had open borders at the moment because I know that a couple of those All Blacks would have gone and then come back. But obviously they can't do that Mm. because they can't get into MIQ and and those sorts of things. Uh, But yeah, that is life. And you add to that, um, you know, Shannon Frizzell's not there because he's still waiting for his court case to be resolved. And uh, Dane Coles isn't there because he's injured. Um, so that takes the total to seven, who, who, who were likely to well, feature in the 23s at least. Uh, it's an interesting sort of a test match, isn't it? It's a very interesting from an All Blacks perspective if that continues through to when they play South Africa, because I, I think if uh, All Blacks at full strength took on South Africa, I'd beat them. But an All Blacks team without Ritchie um, Aaron Smith, Sam Whitelock in particular... And add into that, actually, Sam Kane. all of a sudden you start to wonder.
1: Yeah, Ricky, what, what, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, it is something that we're, we're going to have to get used to, players uh, to-ing and fro for these uh, personal family reasons, which you, you obviously you can't deny them in this uh, modern era. I can't see Colin Meads, BJ LaHoy, Ian Kirkpatrick <laughs> staying at home. I mean, I could be completely wrong. They may have, you know, they may would have uh, in this day and age um, reverted, but it, it is a little strange in that in my way of thinking, but i'm probably the strange one here aren't I
2: yeah, uh, yeah probably with all due respect Smith, probably in this day and age uh, for, for sure um, it, it, look gosh, who knows we, I mean maybe Brian Lahore might have wanted to stay home. he just never got the opportunity. I think Jim's right though That you know the open uh, the, the border issue makes it. Uh, more challenging, doesn't it? And, and the ability not to just to be able to to hop up, hop over the ditch, or either way. But it's funny. Like I was just chatting to a friend, and both him and his wife have got an eighteen-month-old. They're both working from home, and you can just imagine what it is like at the moment, just the utter chaos um, in the household, and and them both trying to work, both trying to to raise raise the little guy as well. So I, I guess it's modern families. It's, it's it's modern life, and it's been exacerbated by um the time that we're in. I tell you what, though, uh, 6 o'clock Sunday afternoon, I don't know about you, but I've already started planning my menu and what I'm going to eat and drink and uh, prepare for that afternoon, because it's kind of perfect.
1: Well, I think it's the perfect time yeah, for. I, I, Absolutely.
0: I'll tell you what, when those kids are three years old, all those All Blacks will be keen to get away on
1: tour. <laughs> 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 we, we all know good what three-year-olds I are like.
0: Um, <laughs> your 16's got to be interesting, Very good, isn't it? it? It's yeah. yeah, it's going to be up against the news.
1: Oh no! <laughs> oh well, well, well. Can't you know be the what the news, news Hey, anymore. Jimmy, you, you don't. You know what the news is going to say anyway, Jimmy? Don't. <laughs> hey, look, yeah. we'll get back to that uh, perhaps, and we might ask you about our new All Black captain as well.
0: Um, well, it's not nice. It's not nice hope for Auckland, but it would not surprise me if the FPC and the NPC carried on without the teams in Auckland which would be yep. huge, it would wipe out half I think of the FPC, Ricky correct me if I'm wrong there and obviously four teams from the NPC but you know the show must go on and um, I think it, You know, Auckland's going to probably stay in level 4 for for two more weeks and then level 3 for a couple of weeks after that when well, he can't play sport at level 4 or level 3 uh, the rest of the country will have dropped down to level 2 by then so I can certainly see New Zealand rugby continuing on with their two main domestic competitions without the teams count, counties uh, Auckland,
1: North Harbour and Northland. Mm, stark reality. Stark reality. Um, we're just getting used to missing out. Uh, Jim Kayes uh, and Ricky Swinnell, thank you so much for being part of uh, our panel this morning. Some uh, really cool thoughts there.
0: In um, New Zealand rugby world, which, which I edit, uh, he, he talks there about how... Um, he still feels aggrieved at the way that he thinks that the media treated his brother Julian when he had a bit of a dip in form. So it'll be interesting to see how he interacts with, with media. Uh, that'll be removed, obviously, a little bit because of the fact that they're away from New Zealand and there's there's no travelling media with them. Uh, but in a positive way, he's a young fella, he's an inspiring fella, he will connect with the, with what is a very young squad um, and I think will will work really well for um, Ian Foster in, in that regard. And look, we can't argue with the fact that he's a fantastic player. And I think to be the All Blacks captain, you have to be one of the best in the, in the 23, um, if not the best, and and he's certainly up there. He's, he's got a huge engine on him, and he'll keep going for the, for the full 80, as the cliche goes, and, and in that regard, you can't his selection at all. Certainly deserves to be there as a player, uh, and I think it will be a really, really interesting leader for the All Blacks.
1: Yeah, interesting one for me, Ricky, is because the, the, I think if the, you were running a book on it at the TAB, the, the pretty warm favourite was Cody Taylor. Uh, but the way I read it, uh, with, um, with Artie being the, the, the captain, and then you've got uh, Bowden and uh, Brody Retallick as uh, vice-captains, uh, Cody doesn't seem to fit the mix there, and I, I just kind of wonder why. Is it because he's probably not going to play 80 minutes at, at any stage? or um, what, Is there anything else to read into that?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I do wonder if it's more a reflection of Artie as opposed to a reflection of Cody, and then, things, you know, slotting the pieces together. I mean, Cody Taylor's still very much a, one of the leaders of the All Blacks, and in part of that leadership group, isn't he? Um, well, I think Artie is is that uh, very not that Cody isn't either, but that very inspirational, follow me kind of guy. It's a very aspirational. Uh, appointment In terms of the overall look and, and feel of the All Blacks, as Jim said, I think, gosh, going back to when we were chatting before about the modern day, I mean, Adi Sabler is very much the modern day rugby player, isn't he, with business interests, he's very socially aware, um, it does speak his, his mind as well, um, I, I don't know if any of those kind of factors come into play in, in appointing a captain. Um, but yeah, I guess it, it's just a little bit of that mix and, and knowing who's to come back into the squad and things like that it's, it's, I, I feel like it's more a reflection of, of Artie and the mix that they then wanted around him than it is of Cody Taylor
1: Well Jimmy, mm. um, changing tack here uh, can we say goodbye to this Warriors season and uh, I suppose <laughs> if, you're, if your goal is to make the playoffs yeah, if your goal is to make the playoffs uh, it's it's a fail, isn't it? It's an out-and-out out fail d- despite um, all the things that are up against them.
0: Yeah, look, it is a fail. You're, you're absolutely correct in that regard. Uh, but the last part of your sentence is, is, I guess, a really telling one, isn't it? You know, there's is there another team in world sport that's had to play their whole season away from home? Um, yeah, sure, they've set up a home base in Australia and those sorts of things, but it doesn't beat being at home, does It doesn't beat playing in front of your own fans and you know, we all know that there are times when a, when a crowd lifts you, there are games that you win at home that you shouldn't have won at home simply because you've been at home, so I think there's huge mitigating circumstances to the Warriors not making the eight, but but it is regular occurrence, isn't it, that they don't make the top eight. You know, why is that? I mean, there just seems to be something missing at the Warriors that means that they're not a consistent side, that they're not a side that's going to, you know, threaten those top teams, and, and I don't know what it is, I don't follow them close enough, but um, you know, death, axes, and this is our year. Oops, it's not our year. Those are perhaps the three most predictable things in life.
1: <laughs> oh yes. Okay, Ricky, your turn.
2: Oh, uh, I mean, Jim, Jim's spot on. It look, I, I, you know the last year and a half or two years it, it does give them some mitigation, and probably it's going to go into next year as well. As in a, you know, looking at the way things are and um, the state of things, but that doesn't mean it's not hugely frustrating. Uh, you know, another co- a new coach comes in, and it's really no different to to the previous or the previous or the previous. And I mean, if anyone had the answer, we wouldn't be having this conversation over and over again like we have every year for the last however many years now. Um, and and you, oh, I don't know. You wonder again at what point. What do they look at again? It's it's always the coach that's that's first, but does that change anything no because it hasn't changed anything uh, for years is it the personnel does every time some new sign you know sean johnson's coming back to the club or you know they've got this this is this is the key part the the, the, the missing piece and and just is i don't know is it as something ingrained in the fabric of the club uh, you know we've all gone round and round in circles on these things time and time again um, you look at teams like the storm team like you know that have just got that winning hard nosed attitude and everything that they do. there are they, there seems to be no obstacles in their way um every time on and off the field, and oh, I, yeah, I mean how long's a piece of string and, and yes we you know you do give them that mitigation because of the year of the year that's been, but if we're having this conversation this time next year, I don't know what to do. Blow it all up and start again.
1: Uh, Ricky, um, just finally, what are we thinking here? Uh, by the way, Bryson DeChambeau just missed a three-footer for about a million bucks and a million and a half bucks, so we're going down another 12. Oh. Um, just, that's just by the by. Uh, Ricky, what are we expecting this afternoon? And I'm talking from a sporting sp- point of view here uh, in the announcement. Are we, are we going to remain on hold? Clearly Auckland's not looking good. The rest of the country, uh, are we getting back to any sort of uh, outside activity as such?
2: Well, oh, I don't think so. I mean, we're, to be put it bluntly, in Auckland, I think we're pretty stuffed. Um, I'm going to enjoy the, the four walls of my house for quite a bit longer. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could, I would, at a guess, looking at the middle of September maybe for, for the rest of the country to get back up and running in terms of kids' sport, uh, club sport and, and hopefully some high-level, some, some NPC, some Farah Palmer Cups. Fingers crossed for the Aussie net, uh, the the England netball series, because that's slated for uh, mid to late September. But I think we've still got a, another couple of weeks of grinding away, unfortunately, particularly up in Auckland.
1: Jimmy, mm. Jimmy, just play the Optimus game for a second. Give us some hope.
0: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's not nice. It's not nice hope for Auckland. But it would not surprise me if the FPC and the NPC carried on without the teams in Auckland. Which would be yep. huge. It would wipe out half, I think, of the F P C Ricky, correct me if I'm wrong there, and obviously four teams from the NPC, but you know, the show must go on and um I think it you know, Auckland's gonna probably stay in level four for for two more weeks and then level three for a couple of weeks after that. Well, he can't play sport at level four or level three. Uh, the rest of the country will have dropped down to level two by then. So I can certainly see New Zealand rugby continuing on with their two main domestic competitions without the team's count counties. Uh, Auckland,
1: North Harbour and Northland mm, Stark reality Stark reality um, We're just getting used to missing out uh, Jim Kayes uh, and Ricky Swinell, Thank you so much for being part of uh, our panel this morning Some uh, really cool thoughts there